0: good evening uh good morning um or it really depends on whatever like time and day you're listening to this um this is florian again and uh, timo also here uh this is episode three of our podcast now uh welcome uh we're really glad that you're here um once more um timo who are we gonna speak to today we're going to speak to Zakria, who we met in um, 2019 on our trip to Lesbos when we were there again. And he's a family father uh, of, of five children. And um, yeah, we just met him and his um, son in 2019. But uh, again, he's there also with his wife uh, at an uh, Olive Grove. That's where we met him. So it comes I was more in March, right? March, yeah, 20, April April, April. Yeah. What and do you then, really, like? How do you remember him? Like when you think about Zakaria now and our meeting with him in Olive Grove, how do you? How okay. have we met him? Right. Well, he's very approachable and very um, kind of giving. So he he was quite intent to show us around and um, was very um, kind and really really just sweet overall. And also, I think it was easy for us to talk to him because he had some journalist experience, right? Yeah. So, he was also, I mean, he spoke really fluent English. and He used to work as a journalist in Afghanistan. That's where he's from. Right. Yeah. What, what, um, how do you remember him? Yeah, the same way. I mean, uh, also, when I rewatched our episode, uh, well, we've seen it so many times, but um he's just in there really explaining taking his time he also actually um arranged or it, while we were there like he he led us through olive grove and he invited us in the tent of one of his friends mm-hmm. and that is really a memory that is, is stuck with me like to to stand in that wet damp smelly tent where just it was like what four, four or five square meters way too small for two people that's crazy um so the, yeah and and he made these things possible and he really wanted us to understand um, what is going on there. So I'm really excited to to speak with him today and to learn. Okay, how is he doing? Uh, Where's his family? What is he up to? Um, I also we also going to ask him about his wave of hope school. Yeah, I was going to say. So we we've spoken with Sukria a few times, but it was mostly on wave of hope, uh, which is. Uh, a project that he started um, actually shortly before we met him, just a few days before that, and he will explain himself, so we're not going to go into it, but uh, just the gist of it, it's basically a school that he started in uh, Camp Moria on Lesbos uh, to provide education for children, and since then they've kind of went on to on, on this journey to build more schools and help more and grow. And um, there's also a fundraiser we're definitely going to link to. We posted it already a while ago, but um, this, I mean, at latest, after hearing the story of Zekri, I think you will understand how really important the work he is doing is actually, and also just what he's been through. I mean, Yeah, and we also, um, yeah, gonna ask him about his uh, journey to Switzerland. So I'm also very excited to hear how that pained out and uh, how he made it there, because we just know now that he did make it to Switzerland. So that's also gonna be interesting. So without further ado, um, let's start this off. Let's start.
1: the founder of WHF or Wave of Hope for the Future schools uh, with many other projects that we have from uh, Wave of Hope schools. And uh, I was uh, more than one year I was in Olive Grove, uh, Moria refugee camp. And I started from that thing and now we have uh, more than five schools around the world, four in, in refugee camps in Greece and one in Afghanistan. Yeah, we met uh, more than one years before. I I I I I don't remember the date, but uh, it was the first days of my life in refugee in Olive Grove that uh, we met you guys. And uh, 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 you, you must know that uh, now uh, we have more than four thousand students in our groups.
0: Wow, four thousand that is a lot that's uh maybe we can talk a little bit about that so it was really nice seeing you when um in, in 2019 when we were on um camoria it was our second time and it was really nice that you showed us around a bit but at the same time i think for Florian and i it was also a very difficult uh, situation because you really showed us a little bit the inside world of uh olive grove uh, i remember you took us to attend as well where we kind of took a look inside and it was just yeah it was pretty bad the situation it was raining and all that as well so maybe um i wonder how like your how, how did you feel at that moment back then how was the situation like back then when you you know your first few days on camp moria uh
1: i feel uh, happy than i left in moria because moria as the people called uh, hell off. Europe or Europe's hell in uh, Moria is not the place for living for the humans because of lots of uh, problems, lack of everything. Fortunately, uh, you think that the people around the world they the expense for their dogs more than 300, 400, or 500 euros per month. But those people, humans, are living, it is completely different that I am here in Switzerland, completely different uh, attitude, different relationship with the people, and different uh, rules. Uh, as if you ask, kind of humanity that's different between Moria refugee camp and, and, and Switzerland, completely different like like the ground and the, the sky, like mm. the horse and dog, donkey. It is completely different, but still there are many, many problems and difficulties for the people, because after that, that you guys, uh, we met each others, There was, I think, uh, 12,000 or uh, 10,000 people, but after that, it becomes more than 20,000 people on that area, and it was so difficult. And still, we have more than 17,000 people there, mostly uh, we have more than 4,000 or 400, 500 minors or children there. And we have lots of vulnerable, vulnerable families. We have lots of uh, elders that they have different disease and different uh, uh, health problems and difficulties. But, uh, yeah, it's completely different. And here in Switzerland, everything is possible for me. Uh, after three months, I received my acceptance. And yeah, I I didn't see any, any kind of uh, rashes rascist fascist people that they Wait, sorry,
0: Zekria, they... you cut you cut out there. Um it's really it's really difficult to hear you unfortunately sometimes. And we really want to make sure we actually understand everything. Um I also think maybe uh, before we continue, maybe the rest of the, the conversation, maybe WhatsApp works as well for you. WhatsApp, is that
1: maybe better even? Yeah, I have I have WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah, I she- don't know. I don't know that uh, what's what will be the quality of that.
0: Yeah, let's let's give it a try. This one is a bit patchy here on Zoom. It's no problem. I mean, we we've kind of understood so far. But uh, uh, I'll just. Uh, do you want to send me your number? Or I'll just put, type mine here. Um, it works either way. Okay. Uh, uh, this this is uh-huh. my number. But um, if you message me yours in the chat box, then I can add you, and then we will just call you and have a normal call. I think that might be a bit better. Okay. We're really sorry about this, it's uh, it's always a struggle to uh, find the good technology, but now that we have the opportunity to kind of catch up and talk, it's, we just want to actually make sure we hear each other. Hey, is this better now, Zakria? Can you hear us? Yeah, better. better, better, better. Yeah, it's yeah. so much better, perfect. We should have done that right away. <laughs> nice. Um, and, uh, all right, well, where did we pick up? Uh, let's uh, let's continue. I think you just kind of explained a little bit how Wave of Hope School kind of grew and um, your first days on Camoria. Maybe you can just, um, yeah, uh, go into that a bit more. That would be really nice.
2: Yeah, as you know, guys, uh, uh, when I came, when I arrived in Moria, after a very... Dangerous and risky journey. Unfortunately, uh, we lost one 10 years old girl in our boat. Fortunately, we come alive with my five children. That all of them are under the age of 10 years old. And when I arrived in uh, arrived in camp, I found that there is no school for children. As an educated uh, person and as a responsible person for, for that I was uh, a journalist and all, uh, as well as a teacher in Afghanistan. So, uh, when I go to some uh, international organization that they provide a little bit uh, education activities uh, for children, I asked them, they, they told me, sorry, they told me that it is a long waiting list, you must wait until we have the space for your children. And I asked them that. Uh, how long it takes that my
0: children yes. can join? Is it at least three months. Three months. When I yes, and oh. after that uh, when I came to this uh, camp and I asked the people that how long
3: it takes that your children could go to school, Is said uh, for the six months, five months, different.
0: Oh. and yeah. how long? How long is it usually that you are on the island anyway? Is there do you know how long most families stay?
2: Yeah, I I I I was. Uh, more than one year, uh, fourteen months I stayed in Moriale
0: So if you wait six months then basically only half of yeah. that time you're in you you get to go to school as a kid. Right.
2: Exactly. We waste our time and our children time is very important for me actually. And I bought a whiteboard and with some orchards and I started the glass and under an olive tree and day by day people came and Asked me that we giant join your class. Lots of children came, and after that, uh, I asked that it is hot uh, outside. If you uh, want to help me, give uh, your hands or your ISO boxes for two hours or, or one hour for one for, hours for the class.
0: And and then um, you ask everyone to kind of contribute.
2: Yeah, and the the, the people uh, were very happy and. Uh, after one month, I had more than seven classes around the Refugee Camp. And fortunately, uh, after that, uh, I made a very good team from the young generations from the camp that they They were good in English, and you know, also they, they had experiences uh, to teach. Uh, and I asked them that we gonna make a school here. Most of them, they afraid and scared that the government will not Allow us to, to have a school, but uh, I encourage them that we're gonna start because if the government want to have uh, want to uh, want they, they they it is their job it is their uh, responsibility to make a school for the refugees around Moira. But if there is no public school, it is it is up to us that we must make uh, a school, and after that. Uh, Fortunately, uh, on March, yeah, on March uh, two thousand nineteen, we started uh, the building of our school, and we built
3: two two classes uh, by simple uh, stamps like uh, uh, like uh, tripling and some uh, plastic, some wood, pallet wood, and, vote, mm. uh, and uh, we started.
0: And in- how did you and- know? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but. Um, how did you know how to start? Like, I mean, you're just imagining you're, you're in the Camp Moria, like uh, that refugee camp where, where we met as well and where the conditions were not the best, as you already mentioned. Um, how do you um, get to the point where you say, okay, uh, what is need? Like, what's the first step that you guys had to do to make this happen in March? The first steps uh, uh, that encourage us to build uh, this school was the people, they, 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 they want to learn something. And the second
2: step, uh, it was, uh, there's, uh, we were responsible to do something for the children, especially. That, and also, the languages for the people that they live the people who are living for a period of time in the refugee camp. It is not a long uh, staying life, but unfortunately, some people are. Living more than three years or four years in refugee camps, in Moria refugee camps, lots because of lots of difficulties, authorities of
3: uh, the migration system, procedures, and all these uh, together, it makes uh, a very long staying uh, time for the people
2: in Burial refugee camp. Yeah.
3: But anyway, the uh, the first steps, uh, it was
2: encourage, um, encouragement of the people, the communities. And we talked with all the people, especially the elders uh, from, from different nations, from Africans, from Arabic, from foreign language speakers and from different people. And they, they accepted that we must do something. And it was wonderful that we together we could, we could do that and we, we built the school. And after that, there were, there were lots of challenges in front of us. When the police did stop us every day, and they said that you are a refugee, and refugee cannot build a school or a structure of a school. Thank that still we have wow. that school and we, we did so many so many good uh, jobs for the people and we changed the daily life of the people and lots of people are coming in our schools and they are studying languages they are studying Just they are treating. They are they have psychologists to, to talk with the people to advise the people. But we did all these uh, traumatical and uh, uh, mentally uh, we we saw the mentally mentally problems of the people on the ground
0: in action. With MSF you mean uh, Medicine Sans Frontier, right? The Doctors exactly. Without Borders. Exactly. If, Sans if, you, yeah. if you if you watch the, the about the, the MSF in our
2: uh, in our uh, school that the journalists did very good job. They check the impact of the MSF for the daily life of the people and the WHF, uh, Wave of Hope organization, and another other international organization that they are they have lots of uh, fans, lots of uh, possibilities.
0: It's, uh, I just want to ask, so how did you meet some of the people? You said there was a Saeed who worked a lot with you. Um, wh- who are those kind of people? You said there were sometimes volunteers, but I, I reckon you also had um, people, asylum seekers living on you know, Olive Grove, Camp Moria, um, who were very active, right?
2: Stand with me, and he didn't scare them uh, from from the police, from the authorities. And uh, uh, he was lucky that he is uh, living now in Berlin with his family. Uh, but uh, yeah, there were mostly our colleagues and our uh, teachers were uh, working as a voluntarily, uh, voluntarily with us in, in our school of them were refugees and after that uh, after now we have uh, more than 10 uh, international volunteers that they are working with us in different areas they are working as a teacher they are working as a uh, advisor they are working as a uh, finance manager they are working as a uh, uh, guest house uh, 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 responsible in different areas they are working with us and they are working uh, voluntarily Uh, Of help and donations from around the world and we made a good connection with all the people around the world
0: yeah you had a call i Uh, i remember florin and i we um yeah we um also shared on facebook and uh, a little bit to it but it was very successful it was very nice to see and i think you also i mean you also had a school or still have a school i suppose in different locations you mentioned also even athens right on the mainland Exactly, exactly. We have a school in Malacasal camp, we have a school in um,
2: Nyokavala camp, we have a school in uh, Ritsona refugee camp, and, and also in Muria. We have four schools.
0: Um, right, and um, so Wave of Hope school certainly has been very successful in the sense that it was a very much like a bottom up approach, you didn't have a lot of resources, so you've really, really come a long way. How much are you still involved in those activities at the moment? I imagine you're you're in Switzerland right now, so it's a bit of a different um, different thing for you now, right?
2: Completely different, but uh, I'm managing everything online, and we have uh, online meetings like that we are talking now with uh, our colleagues in different schools. of different activities uh, in Moria refugee camp because it was the most uh, vulnerable people uh, than other refugee camps and there are not enough possibility to leave people and we become very successful to help and support people Uh, and we have lots of distribution and close distribution we have uh, we have hygienic staff distribution we have uh, we have a uh, stationary distribution daily, that because we have four thousand students in our schools in Greece, and we need four thousand notebooks every month. We need four thousand pen pencils and other stationary stuff every month. And now, fortunately, in Moria Rifnika, we have Wi-Fi, we have internet, and we are starting another project from Italy. We 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 have uh, signed a contract with. Uh, An organization in Italy that uh, we 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 are starting uh, another project uh, uh, online teaching for the people Uh, and the the idea came from uh, the lockdown time and still we are working on it that we 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 can present good activities in this case in this uh, as well that we can we can launch these activities all around the world especially in our projects in Afghanistan. also we are trying to have a project in African countries uh, that
0: our friends and our colleagues are trying to find they want to
3: make well people in, the, in some of the uh, African countries as well. So you and have I'm, big plans. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm managing all these
0: activities uh, from Switzerland from my mobile. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of work. Thanks to the internet, this these things are possible, right?
2: Yeah, right. the yeah. technology yes. is uh, very uh, useful for me.
0: We're all working. No, actually, the
2: technology and the internet works that uh, uh, we are at this stage now.
0: We are also wondering uh, also about how you have been as a person. And could you like first tell us, um, yeah, just... How you uh, yourself got to Lesbos just in like a few sentences, I mean, you already mentioned you you came by boat, um, but how how was that for you? Like uh, where wh- wh- which countries did you go through and uh, until you arrived in Lesbos? And you had your family with you as well, no? Yeah, um, unfortunately,
2: because of uh, a problem that I had in Afghanistan, a politic it was a politic issue. I left my country and. I couldn't uh, find the time to manage to have passport in order to come to Turkey or Iran, and I left my country. All of them by smacking and from the very bad ways. We start our journey. Uh, fortunately, until Iran, until Tehran, uh, it was good. It was not. We we didn't have any big difficult problem. But the problems start, started started uh, at the border.
0: Yeah. What three. what happened there, exactly? Uh,
2: uh, unfortunately uh, three times the, the thieves and the the mafia they take us as a they took us and they asked for money uh, what called for that so they kidnapped us with my family and they asked money uh, three nights we were under a bridge in a valley that there were not Humans, just animals, and all my children were sick.
3: And after three nights, I became ready to pay the smugglers
2: and the mafia five thousand dollars that they released from there. Me and I, I couldn't manage to come to Turkey. On the way to Turkey, ten hours we walked uh, along the, the mountains, area and valleys, rivers with five children. You imagine that how was it? How difficult was that? And after that, from Iran to from uh, we arrived in a village in Turkey. And after that, we talked with another smugglers that they uh, uh, until Istanbul. It was also not easy. We could manage to come to Istanbul. In, in Istanbul, we try to. I tried to fourteen. Smugglers told us that there is a possibility the people are living here directly to Italy. And uh, fourteen times I tried to come, but mostly on the way there was a good, not a good connection with the smugglers. They, they just leave us on a, on a place that we don't know, and it was so difficult. And we walk a lot. And, can you hear me yeah yes
0: yeah
3: yeah we we're just listening Market.
2: that the weather is not good but because of money and because of the, that the police they are not checking around and the coast guard are not checking around when the, the weather uh, is not good because they think that that no one will come in this weather but unfortunately fortunately they put our boat in a very bad weather and more than 50 times the engine of our boat was not working well it becomes off and after that uh, 6 hours we were on the water the rain was very fast it was stormy and and finally we uh, we couldn't see in front of us because it was too dark and too stormy uh, unfortunately our boat uh, hit the rocks uh, the rocks in the stoops close to the beach and after that uh, we couldn't manage to you know, just. I called the mails that come down and jump that we can pull the boat to the beach side. It was so dark when I tried to pull the boat to the beach side. Uh, my legs were uh, full of blads because
0: different rocks and different stones. I didn't uh, see that on the water in the dark
2: darkness of the night. And we pulled the the Fortunately, we pulled the, the boat to the beach side, and uh, it was very bad time. The worst night of my life. The worst time, I, time of my life, because I didn't know about my five children. That where are they, and what is the what's their uh, their condition? They they are, they are alive or they are or already they they sank or already they drowned.
0: But they were in the but boat with you, right? With me, but I jumped to the water and I pulled. The, the,
2: I, I, I helped them to, uh, with other mates to push to pull the, the boat on the beach side, and it was fifteen meters outside of the boat, outside of the beach, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the the winds and the waves were were very. On my wife's body, and they they passed to the, they they, they come out from their boat. Finally, at the end, uh, I could manage to pull my wife outside, and after that, she became
3: uh, awake again and she called the names of her
2: children. And I shout as well the names of my children. Was the worst, the worst night of my life. The Sorry. worst memory of my life. I couldn't understand what should I do. Where are they in this darkness, in this time? And I, both of us, just shouting and uh, and, and and shouting their names, but there were nothing. All the people are very far from us, and I, I, I. I just uh, round, uh, go around the boat, and I check all there. That if there will be a child, then it will be my child. But there will, and I, I thought that I lost all my children. But uh, fortunately, after a few minutes, one of my friends that I left with them in Chetakala, Turkey, he came to me and. Uh, told me that your children are alive. I said, where are they? Please tell me. Where are they? And both of us, me and my wife, just ran and followed that guy. And where are my children that they are alive? And when we walk uh, 15 meters or, or 20 meters, I found my children. And I count them: 2, 3, four, five. And that was the time that I said, "Thanks God that my children are alive." You know, after one month, after one month in Moria refugee camp, even when I work, even even I teach the people, but still I had the shock. It was the, the worst time of my life, and it was the story of the very dangerous journey that I had.
0: This is the most really terrible thing I think you could ever go through. I, just, I honestly I don't know what could be worse. So I'm really I'm so glad we are so glad to hear that uh, everyone came came out alive from this. I'm sitting here with goosebumps, Crea. Like uh, I wasn't aware of all these details yet. Um, even though we met you, I think only a few weeks after you guys after that night, right? Exactly.